What's going on, family? Welcome to another video um, or podcast episode, whatever the case may be. Um, I just wanted to give you guys an update. Uh, I was filled with so much just uh, peace and, and joy even to see the response to my last video, to know that so many of you care about what I'm doing here and... Uh, for those of you who encouraged me not to stop, to continue, for those of you who shared even your concerns, I thank you so much. And um, not only that, but I felt uh, just God, God uh, taking the time also to just continue to confirm to me that this is the path that he wants me to take. So let's just get this out of the way. I am here to stay. I ask for your continued prayer that I would be able to uh, continue that I would be wise in the decisions that I make regarding this channel to everybody that reached out and any of you who wanted to reach out and didn't maybe prayed for me. I thank you as well. Um, but yeah, we're here to stay. Uh, I am doing some, some work on the side. Uh, Joanna and I have both started to work more diligently in, uh, our photography and videography business. So uh, lots of new stuff coming in regards to that, that I'm super excited about. And it's a passion for mine, passion of mine. <laughs> but either way, I just wanted to give you guys a quick new update and just reach out to you guys and share basically some things that God has been teaching me throughout this season. I realized that I have not been as transparent as I should be. Um, and I mentioned that a little bit in my last video. If you didn't, um, you can check it out here. I never know where to point because I never know where it's going to show up on YouTube, but you could check it out here or, or here It's going to be somewhere, <laughs> but either way, um, yeah, you know, like I'm going to share with you guys some of the things that God has been teaching me and, um, I hope that it'll bless you. So basically I have this little whiteboard in our room and as God, God would just give me these one liners and it's stuff that I just carry in my heart, stuff that, uh, he, uh, just just speaks into my life that breathes so much life into me, and I hope that it'll bless you uh, as well. So let's start off with the first one, which I think is a huge one, and I think it'll speak to anybody who has a dream in their lives right now that they are working on. Closed doors are not rejection. Many times they are protection. You might find that in your life there are times where you feel like everything that you are doing for, everything you are doing in your life is essentially for God. And you just want to serve him and you want with everything in your heart to live according to the potential that you have. I have this saying with a close friend of mine that um, when we would talk about people that we knew that they were potential central and basically, it's like when you're just full of all of this potential inside of you. And if you're a human being, you know, potential don't mean nothing. It really means nothing. Potential is great and all. You could be a person that has so much potential. Many of you are probably people who have potential in various different areas of your life. You know. I could see myself potentially being a writer, for example. There are so many different things that we have the potential for, both good and bad. 
And when you mix into that, the desire to follow God, like I have been this past two, these past two years, there have been times where I have confused closed doors or missed opportunities or things not going according to the way that I think that they would go as rejection, whether that was rejection that I thought was from God or there was some type of internal rejection going on inside of my heart. But in the reality, the reality that I'm starting to understand is is that many times it's really just protection. It's God's protection protecting me because many times I'm not ready to step into that thing. And so God is always going to be more concerned with you than he is going to be with your calling. God is always going to be more concerned with who you are, with the person that you are becoming, with his presence being made established in your life, with him and the character of Jesus being fully uh, uh, um, established in your heart, then he is going to ever care about the purpose that he has prepared for you. That's not to say that God doesn't care about the purpose that he has for your life. Why would he, cre- why would he create a purpose that he does not in turn care for? No, he cares about you living out your purpose, but his primary concern is one of relationship. And as we know, as we relate to Jesus, we can't help but be changed in his beautiful presence. You know, the crazy part is that throughout this past, um, I keep saying this past because I'm about to say one year, but then I keep remembering that it's two years. So throughout these past two years, I have changed so much. I've called it my surgery season. And Imagine feeling like you are on the table being cut into for two years. You know, in my mind, I envisioned this completely differently. If I felt like God called me into doing Valley of the Heroic and he's, and I felt like God told me this is going to be, you need to treat this like it's your full-time job. You need to treat this as if this is what the thing that you do. Everything else is secondary. And those were things that I felt God not only speak to me, but also confirm various times from when I was good to when I was like, yo, I'm about to quit. And God's like, nah. And so immediately in my mind, the immediate thought was, okay, something is going to happen where I'm going to be able to um, live off of this and be able to provide for my family. I mean, that's like the logical connection. And so far that that's been a really difficult thing. I've expressed to people before that actually There have been times where I felt like God is actually blocking things from happening. It's almost like the way I I describe it is like I feel like his hand covering something. And um, that has resulted in so much inside of me changing. Like, for example, Joanna just straight up telling me, like, you're not our provider. And I remember when she said that there was a day I was just having a really bad day. And I was just like, I'm not providing for this family. I'm supposed to be for providing for this family. Um, And really what it really what it was, was just my some sort of pride where I needed to know that I was winning the bread for my family. And at that time we were good. Really, it was about me. 
And when she said, you're not the provider for our family, it was like I woke up and I said, whoa, hold up. Number one, that low-key hurt a little bit. <laughs> that low-key hurts a little bit. It's like, wow, you just get um, encountered by this crazy reality that you kind of knew, but you never really um, just like lived under or just accepted or you know this truth mentally, but you don't live it out experientially. Your experience is different than what you know in your mind. And so when she said that, I said, wow, she's right. I need to accept the fact that God is our provider. And that doesn't mean that I'm supposed to sit here and just like take it easy. No, he's going to use me and Joanna to provide for our family. But it was a good reality shift in that moment to realize that a season where I have closed doors financially does not in turn mean a rejection or a putting down of, of my ability to provide as a member and husband in this family. When in reality, what I needed to realize was that God is our provider. And so closed doors are not rejection. They are God's protection. Many times God is protecting you from something that you just are not ready for, that you have not been prepared for in that season or in that moment. And so I would much rather be protected by God than to step into something that I am not ready for in that season. I want to be ready for it. I want to step into it with God's anointing on my life. I want to step into it knowing that, that God is with me. I don't want it without God. And so I want to encourage any of you that are listening right now that if there have been closed doors that you are experiencing in whatever way, understand it's not God rejecting you. It's God protecting you. And so in that moment, the best possible thing that we can do is always to turn our ear to him and ask him, God, if you're protecting me from something, what needs to change in me? Or what needs to change in general in order for this to come to pass? Do you even want this to come to pass? And you wait and you listen. And when he speaks, when he speaks, we act. Amen? Closed doors are not rejection. They are protection. Second thing that I've been learning in this season is that you, you, speaking to myself, but I'm going to speak to you guys who are listening is that you were made to be kind. This one, God just gave to me randomly just one day when I was just, um, I believe I was driving and I had an encounter with a stranger and I just felt this desire inside of me to be kind to that person. And, um, when I felt that desire to be kind, I automatically thought about how that person might react to it. And I started to just think about my kindness and think 
on whether I have been exercising kindness. And then I started to apply that to my family. And I started to realize, yo, that there have been, through many years of setbacks and um, letdowns that I've experienced in friendships and relationships, um, personally, uh, professionally, uh, family. There's been so many things that have accumulated to a point that I have allowed myself to develop a little bit of a harder heart. Now, mind you, some of you might identify with this. Part of that has been me learning to not let people take advantage of me. Um, Part of that has been me learning how to set boundaries in relationships. Both of those things can be very healthy. But then on the other side of that, I think that sometimes when we're learning something new, you can lean in a little too heavy on it because you're like, yo, I just learned this new skill. So I need to just like fully dive into this and experience. No, relax. Learn, learn the balance for it because God also created you with natural tendencies for a reason. Learn those new skills, live in those new skills. Amen. That's awesome. But at the same time, don't lean in too heavy. And I think that that's what I was doing. I was leaning in a little bit too heavy. And in and through that, I started to be a little too rough and a little bit too tough with those boundaries and trying to protect myself. And a lot of that stemmed from me trying to protect myself from becoming depressed again, like I was in 2016. And uh, a lot of it stemmed from me um, not wanting to be let down in friendships. A lot of it stemmed from me feeling like like I just wasn't accepted by mentors or by by um, people that I looked up to. Some of it stemmed from my relationship with my father and just wanting a deeper connection there and feeling uh, um, stonewalled a little bit in that regard. And um, really what it comes down to is my expectations on other people. And granted, expectations are natural. Expectations are are something that we all experience. You can't um, curb your expectations. Maybe you can to a degree. But at the same time, it's like I allowed those expectations that I had of people that sometimes were things that they were just not able to give. Sometimes they were things that I wasn't even giving to them. Let's keep it real. Are you giving the amount that you are expecting from other people. And then it's like you get mad when you don't receive it and you start to treat them badly. And then it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm talking from experience here. Are you growing as a person to be able to be the healthy friend that you need to be, to be the healthy father or mother that you need to be or son or daughter? And so I started to realize that I was allowing those things to affect me in such a way that I wasn't being kind. And now, now I've just been fighting to be that kind person that I believe God intended for me to be. I think that that version of me has been tucked away for such a long time. Like I remember back to when I was just a little kid and 
kindness just came so naturally to me. Like I defended people. I stood up for people. I was kind and nice to people. And I think that as I grew up, I was so kind and, um, and also was a little bit geeky and weird and, and liked, um, sci-fi and (laughs) reading books. So people just, you know, didn't understand me. And, and maybe I'd, I also just came on too strong. Right. And so, um, you guys know, like school ages can be brutal. And so I went through bullying and that stuff like hardened me as well. And so when I was thinking about this, I was thinking like, wow, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, I made you to be kind. And I had to grieve that loss. I had to grieve and think back to that younger version of me, that five, six, seven, eight-year-old who was immensely kind. And I had to wonder where he got lost. And this is what God is ministering to me. But I feel like to you, I want to tell you today that there may be a part of you that got lost in the difficulty of life. And there may be a part of you that just through the seasons of difficulty that you've had to face, maybe it lost its way. Maybe it developed this hardened shell. And um, I want to encourage you today to listen to God and ask him, is there an area of me, God, that you want to redeem? Maybe some of you, God wants you to be courageous or brave or kind like me or a firm or uh, a leader or a parent or a, a, a friend and you closed off your heart to these things that God intended to bless you and to bless others. And I believe that God wants to redeem that today. So you were made to be kind is the second one. The third one is move with intention. Move with intention. This one has been a big one and probably the one that has lasted um, the longest for me throughout this season. And it's the one that was on my whiteboard for the longest time. Um, And I'm actually probably going to put it back up there. But move with intention is one that speaks to me particularly because the main thing that stops me from being able to move forward with like content creation or even when I was creating Valley of the Heroic or my photography and videography business, anything that to me feels big, the two main things that stop me from being able to like just start and go and get get running is um, anxiety and indecision. And I think that both of them play into each other. And so for me, um, one of the bigger things that affects me when I'm in those moments of decision, and they can be small or big, is that I will start to feel an anxiety that comes over me and kind of takes over my mind and my thoughts. 
and will therefore make me indecisive. And then time passes by, wasted time passes by because I can't make a decision. And then because I can't make a decision, nothing ever happens. And because nothing ever, nothing happens, I get more anxious. So you see the cycle that happens. All of it feeds into each other. And it kind of creates this circular motion that, you know, leads to nothing happening. And I believe that we all have cycles. Um, I think like two years into our marriage, Joanna and I went to marriage therapy and um, we just felt like it would bless our marriage. And we also had some difficulty due to the depression um, and everything that we experienced, even getting to the point of um, threatening divorce to each other. A lot of y'all didn't know that, right? But I'm being more open and transparent. So um, uh, when we were kind of past that and we were able to, uh, we felt like we could start working on things. We went to marriage therapy, fully recommend to many of you guys. And um, our marriage therapist was able to help us to learn that we had a cycle, right? Um, The cycle involved things like, it would always start with like an argument, which that argument would would lead to um, um, Joanna like pressing forward and pressing in. And um, then I would get anxious and I would, I would slow her down and that would um, affect her, which would only serve to make the argument worse. And once the argument got worse, we would go through a period of not speaking, sometimes a day, uh, a few days or whatever the case may be. When we wouldn't speak, we would both be mad at each other, obviously. And then something would happen. We would kind of talk again. And, um, then we would, we would be good, but, uh, there, and there were a couple more things, but that was the general, uh, gist of it. When we were able to learn about this cycle that was in our marriage, mind you, listen, when you're married to someone, you say to that person till death do us part, you're making a commitment to that person outside of yourself this is the deepest commitment that you have to a human being and you make that commitment out of a decision of love <coughs> i need some water where my water at my bad <coughs> i've been sick this week and so um <clears throat> that's like the biggest decision that you make it's the biggest decision that you make. Well, one of the biggest, at least. And you commit to this person. What I'm trying to just drive home here is that people don't get married for no reason. Maybe there's some people out there who do. But for the most part, people get married because they love this person. And how many people out there are there are, are so deeply in love in the beginning of their marriage? And then with time... Time passes by and things happen and and communication breaks down and that love starts to, 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 to fall apart. And before you know it, you went from a place of complete and utter love for one another to a place where you don't even know if you want to be with this person anymore. How does this happen? How can you love someone so deeply and get to that place? Anybody ever been there before? 
And I'm sitting there like when we were in uh, marriage therapy and he just helped us see this cycle and how simple it was and how I was like, yo, this happens a lot. It wasn't happening every week, but it happened enough to where I was like, yo, this is crazy. And what it was really pointing out was not the cycle. What it was really pointing out was the deficiencies inside of us that was creating this interaction between us two. Because that's what the cycle was. I did something, she did something. I did something, she did something. And it wasn't always a bad or good thing. Sometimes it was good. Sometimes it was bad. Sometimes it was neutral. My point being interactions were happening and cycles were created that led almost to the detriment of our marriage. And so if you don't move with intention in your life, if you don't make decisions adequately, if you aren't pursuing growth intellectually, spiritually, physically, in every way, emotionally, if you aren't doing what you can to get to where you need to be and move with intention, you're on autopilot. Now, all of us do it better than others in certain areas. Maybe you're really good at doing, doing it physically, but you're not so good at doing it mentally. Maybe you're really good at doing it spiritually, but you're not so good at doing it emotionally. This is what happens when you have somebody who is spiritually mature and could preach a message that will bless your life, but then can also start to go into a rage fit when they get cut off on the highway. They're emotionally immature. And so we have cycles in our life. The problem is, is that we're going to be much more accepting of our own cycles because we're not going to be aware of them. And because there's no interaction, you can hurt yourself so much and never feel the pain that you are causing to your body, mind, and soul. And just be okay with it because you're not aware of it. The thing about relationships is when you hurt that other person, they react. But that doesn't mean you don't have cycles in your own life. And so what God has been speaking to me about this is that in every area of my life, I need to move with intention. I need to move with particularity. I need to move with purpose. Now, that can be incredibly difficult with anxiety. That can be incredibly difficult when I, I, I want to lose weight. But also my coping mechanism is to overeat. Or it can be really hard when you wake up in the, the beginning of the day. And even though you're working out, your body is in complete pain. And you're dealing with pain in your life. Or you feel crippled by your anxiety. Or you're struggling with your bad views of yourself. Whatever it might be for you. But if you want something to change, move with intention. Because if you're not moving with intention, you're just going to keep getting the same results. You're going to be here three years from now, still feeling like God is calling, to, calling you to do that thing. You haven't made no progress in it. You're going to be here five years from now, still feeling like God was going to give you a house and you never got it. 
because you never dealt with the things he told you to deal with. You're going to be here 10 years from now, experiencing a divorce because you didn't do what was necessary to break the cycles and chains in your marriage. All because you just wanted to be right. All because you didn't want to face the ugly truths inside of yourself that you needed to chip away at with intention. Move with intention is number three. Number four is one that's very special with, uh, to me. And it's, if you fight the battles, you will gain confidence. This one is closely related to move with intention because one day God just built on that one. And he said, like, I would, I would, there would be days where I would be encouraged to move with intention, even in small ways, like making a YouTube video. And I would feel like I would be ready to go. And I was going to, I was going to move with that intention that I felt him giving me inside of my heart. But then I would be paralyzed. And one day I remember, I just asked God, God, how can I move with intention if I don't feel brave enough? How can I make a decision if inside of me, I'm questioning everything that I'm doing? How can I start if I don't feel confident enough in what I feel like you're calling me to do. And he said, he dropped it on my spirit. He said, if you fight the battles, you will gain confidence. Makes no sense, fam. It makes no sense. It's like, yo, if you go into a battle without confidence, you're going to lose. And God was telling me the opposite. I would never try to do anything without feeling confident enough in myself to be able to do that thing. Nah. I'm not trying to be out here looking crazy. Anybody with me? No, nope, not me. I've been like that all my life. I, you know, I just want to be able to know that I can do that. Yo, listen, so, so much so that I remember back when I was like, when I was in grade school, I'd go over friends' houses and listen, all my life, I've been really good at video games always been really good at video games. I picked them up really easy. I don't know what it is. I'm just, I've just been good. And um, I, I remember distinctly going over my friend Philip's house and I'd go over his house and he'd have like a new game. And um, every time the same thing would happen at all of my friend's house, I'd be sitting right next to him, staring at the screen. You imagine back in the day, if you're a gamer or not even many people played games, you'd have that little, a uh, 20 inch box TV, right? That lit up the whole room and you'd have your Nintendo or your PlayStation hooked up to the TV with them little uh, red, red and white and yellow cables. And um, you'd click that thing on, probably grab a soda and a Lunchables if you real fancy. And uh, um, you'd, pu you'd put the new game in. And there was no... There wasn't internet gaming back then. It was all couch gaming. You sitting on the couch playing with your friends or by yourself. And so I remember all the times friends would get a new game and most people, they're like, yo, let me play. Let me play. Let me play. And I would always say, nah, they'd be like, oh, Eric, you want to play? No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'll just watch. I like watching more than I like playing. I don't know why I used to always say that because that's not true. I do like watching people play a game, but I do not like it more than I like playing. But I convinced myself that I did. 
And so what would happen was, is that when I was really interested, I would go to my friend's house multiple days, keep going and watching them play the game. And then one day, maybe after like four or five days, they would ask me again, do you want to play? And I'd say, yeah. And then I'd start playing and I'd be having a blast and be really good at the game. And I remember one time, I forget which friend was just like, yo, why didn't you play all this time? You're like, you're like really good at this. Now, as an adult, I realized that it was really hard for me to start things. And I just felt, always felt like I needed to understand something fully and experience it by watching it before I could step into it. And here God was saying to me, if you fight the battles, you will gain confidence. And I don't know what God might apply this to for you. I don't know what he's going to, to ch- what, what perspective he might shift for you. But I think that there's sometimes, there's sometimes, listen to, to my heart here, because this isn't going to apply to everything. There are some times where you are waiting on God and you are waiting on circumstances to be right. And you are waiting for the stars to align. And God is just waiting on you. God is waiting on you to start. God doesn't want you to have it all figured out. Why would God tell you to do something if you didn't have the capacity to do it? You see, the problem is, is that you want to do it perfectly. The problem is that you want to do it according to your standard that you feel it needs to be done when God's just telling you to do it. Look, it's cool that you have the potential to do uh, content creation at a high level. It's cool that you have the potential inside of you. You might not have the capacity right now. Potential and capacity are two different things. You might be in a busy season in your life. And here God comes and he says, I want you to start creating content. And you won't start because you're too busy. Because you want fully fledged edited videos. And you want perfect audio. And you want perfect lighting. And you want perfect topics and perfect locations. Meanwhile, every week goes by. And you still haven't pressed record. God's not, God didn't say go and make perfect content. God said go and create content. And when you choose to not create content because it doesn't reach your standards, or you choose to do anything, to not do anything, because it's not reaching the standards that you want it to reach to, that's just another word for disobedience. And then you wonder why blessings are being held up. Then you wonder why things aren't going according to the plan that you you feel they should have gone. And then you wonder why you're stuck. Because you aren't acting. And we all prioritize something, right? But why would God tell you to do something? And you look at your life and you're like, God, I can't fit it. He knows what you're capable of. He knows. He wouldn't call you to do it 
if you couldn't do it at some capacity, the key is figuring out what that capacity is. And as you fight the battles, you will gain the confidence that you need to be able to do it at the level that your potential is. The key here is basically whatever you feel you lack. When you choose to be obedient, no matter what you lack, even if it's time, obedience causes God to move. You could try to move as much as you want to figure it out for God. You're like, God, I know you told me to do this thing. I'm going to do whatever I can to figure it out so that I can do it. Nope. Nope. That's not it. Do it. Then watch God move. Watch God align what needs to be aligned in your life and inside of you. Watch God align the circumstances that prevented you from doing it to the level that you could do it. Watch God work. Do you want God to work or you want you to work? If you fight the battles, you will gain confidence. Number four. And number five, it's our last one. If you're still here, I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope this blessed you. Number five, defeat the resistance. Defeat the resistance. I have a massive amount of internal resistance. Is there anybody um, anybody, my creatives, my entrepreneurs, my pastors, cre content creators, whatever, anybody else dealing with that internal resistance that stops you from doing the things that you know you need to do. That's me 110%. There are times where I, there are things I want to do and I just can't do them. God bless you if you are not a person that struggles with internal resistance, because I am. And that joint is rough. It's tough to deal with. But what God spoke to me through this is that every day, because every day is a new battle, every day I have to take the steps necessary. I have to make a decision to defeat the resistance. And the best way to do that is just to start. Because resistance shows up in procrastination and in decision and anxiety. And before you know it, it takes over your day and it's gone and you weren't able to do what you were meant to do. A lot of days, a big thing that's been working for me in the past that I feel like I need to get back to is creating a list of your top five things to do for the day. And then as the day goes on, you work on those five things. And if you do those five things, that's it. You won the day. Put a big W on your paper and circle it. I'm telling you, try it. Don't knock it before you try it. It works wonders. You see those five things and you're like, I can knock these things out. And then realize that there are going to be days where you're not going to do all five. But if you do all five and a week passes and most of the days you did the five, a month passes, same. A year passes, two year passes, three, two, three years pass. There's going to be compounding interest on that. 
And it's going to be much more beneficial than the compounding interest of those indecisive days where you didn't move with intention and choose to create a plan that would get you to where you're trying to get to. So whatever resistance you're experiencing in your heart, I want to encourage you right now to do what you need to do to defeat that resistance. If you're resistant on acting on a certain word from God because you feel overwhelmed, you feel incapable, you feel lost, what do you need to do to get to a better place so you can defeat that resistance? I know it's I know it sounds overly simplistic. It's simple. That doesn't mean it's easy. It's simple. It's just not easy. And many of you, I, I just feel like many of you, including myself, need to know that you can do this. You can. God wouldn't have called you if he didn't believe that you could. He wouldn't. And he did call you. So he knows that you can. Guys, I want to thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for just spending time with me today. And um, again, for those of you who encouraged me to continue, if you made it this far, um, thank you so much, all of you, for your love, for being a part of what we are doing. Uh, If you feel like any of these five things would bless somebody that you know, share it with them. You never know who it might bless. And again, I want to thank you guys. Um, If you made it to the end, drop a made it to the end in the comments if you're on YouTube. Um, And yeah, if you're on, if you're listening on on one of the podcast platforms, please consider leaving a review. Um, That would definitely help. Uh, What many people don't realize is that the likes, the comments, the shares, all of those things help a lot. They help immensely. And uh, um, it's it's going to get us over that little hump that will be able to show people that this is valuable. So if you feel like it's valuable, a great way to show um, Instagram, you, uh, we're not on Instagram, but YouTube and Apple, whatever, that it is valuable is to drop a comment, to drop a review. It helps a ton. And I'd really appreciate it. I love you guys so, so much. Thank you for not letting me quit. Thank you for being here. Thank you for for being awesome, for being so loving and so kind. I hope that we could be here 10 years from now and be in an amazing place. And I hope that you are here with me. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. I hope to see you soon. Peace.